So today is a, a prayer and anointing service, which looks different than, than normal. I am going to speak for just a few minutes, and, uh, but this is something I like to do every year, early in the year, and um, uh, it doesn't originate with me. Actually, I worked with a, a fella, I was on staff in a church in Chatham, and uh, we did this every year there. And honestly, it was one of the best Sundays of the year, and I've, I've continued to do that, and I've always found that it is just uh, such a good, a good day, a good morning, where we come and we, um, we, we just trust God with our requests, with the things, our dreams, the things that we think that he's calling us to, and uh, what he desires from us. And so that is a part of this morning. And um, thank you for being here, and I look forward to what God's going to do in our lives today, but also then through this year. The anointing of God, Christ, we're going to anoint you with oil when you come forward, and, um, and that represents the anointing of God. Now, the anointing, and I'll define that, I'll define it in a minute, but the anointing is necessary for us um, to live a victorious Christian life. Jesus needed the anointing to do the Father's will here on earth, and, and so do we. Right? Jesus said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Right? That's what the anointing is when the spirit comes on us. And so Jesus needed it, and so do we. And so I've asked you, you should have gotten a sheet of paper this morning that looked something like this. If you don't have one of those, we can get you one. And it asks you two questions. What do you want God to do in your life in this year? And what do you want God to do through your life this year? Right? And, the, and the goal of that is to seek to know and to seek God's will and his anointing to accomplish that. So whatever you're sensing God's will or his direction for your life, we want to agree with you for God's anointing to accomplish it. 1 John 2 and 20 says you have an anointing from the Holy One, the Holy One being Jesus. You have an anointing from the Holy One. He, he desires actually... To, have his, to put his spirit on his people. Now, anointing here in, in 1 John is really t- talking about an extension of God's favor. And so this is what it means when we have the spirit come on us, is we accept and have an extension of God's favor on our life. Now, biblically, to anoint means to rub on um, or to smear oil on. Okay, So that's why we're going to anoint you with oil. And it was used, especially in the Old Testament, it was used to set a person or an object apart for God's use. And when applied, they would, they would rub it in. Okay, that's where the smearing comes from. They would rub it in to, to make it a part of you or a part of the object. Okay, that was the, the idea is that it, it was the anointing became a part of the person or the object. It was used then to, uh, for a few things. Um, you would see people would get anointed to hold an office, okay, a, a, a priest, a king, a prophet. Um, they would get anointed to hold an office. People would be anointed for service, so to set them apart to serve God in some way. Before, armies, before the army of God went out, they would get anointed. They were anointed for battle. They would anoint things for worship, particularly in the Old Testament they would anoint the items within the temple because they were set apart for God. So there's an anointing that comes for worship. And there's an anointing that comes in worship. 
that still exist today, but for different purposes and plans. Right then, um, it allows us into the presence of God. So the Spirit of God lives in us when we come to Christ, but there are moments where he comes on us, and he comes on us for a specific purpose, to accomplish God's plans and will here on earth. Again, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And why was it on him? To proclaim the good news, to set prisoners free, recovery of sight for the blind, to free the oppressed. So we need, right, the Spirit of God to live in us and to be on us. We need his anointing. Now, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 30, um, again, I don't have any PowerPoint for you, but if you want to turn there, it talks about the, the actual recipe to make anointing oil. Exodus 30, verses 22 to 33. And it talks about the recipe. And it says, The Lord said to Moses, and he tells him to take these, these fine spices. He tells him to take 500 shekels, okay, so uh, of liquid myrrh. Okay, myrrh was one of the gifts given to Jesus, right, at his birth. Anyways, just so to give you an idea, 500 shekels is about 12 and a half pounds or 5.8 kilograms. It's quite a bit, right? And, uh, and then you take half of, half of much as of cinnamon, okay? You know, cinnamon's very fragrant, right? And um, then calamus, cassia, also cinnamon-based and very fragrant things. And so they would, then they would take a, a, what was called a hen or a gallon or 3.8 liters of olive oil. Okay? And they would mix that all together. Imagine how that would smell, right? It would be powerful, um, it would be beautiful, I think. I think it would smell amazing, but it would be, you could not miss it, right? You, like, you, you wouldn't go, do I smell something? Like, you know, you would know that you smell it, okay? And so here in Exodus, you know, God's course is quite intentional about all these things. Myrrh, again, myrrh was given to Jesus, and it was used as an embalming product, it, it, it was actually pointing to, towards the cross here. Cinnamon, um, right? If it, you ever had somebody try and feed you a teaspoon of cinnamon? Right? Tastes terrible, and it, and it actually burns. And, and that is actually one of the points of God including cinnamon, not just because of the fragrance. Is It's supposed to, it's an indication of a burning zeal that God desires to have live within our heart. We experience that when the Spirit is in us and then comes on us. Right, this kind of burning zeal for him. Um, calamus was, was a, a plant that, that grew quite straight. Um, it didn't bend or crook. It, it, it was a, a very rigid plant. And the idea it, beyond the fragrance is that it represented an uprightness or a holy living before God. Whereas the, the, the fragrance of cassia was very different. It, it actually grew and then would, would stoop down. It would bow. And the idea, of course, being that we worship, we bow down, and we worship God. It's all included in right, this anointing oil. And, of course, the oil made of, made of olives represents the Spirit of God. It was, it was a perfume mixture, but it was holy. It was set apart for God. And that's the same in the anointing for us. Okay, so when you read through Exodus, you can see three things when you read through Exodus 30 here. There, there was a lot, right? A gallon of olive oil, 12 and a half pounds of liquid myrrh. Like, it's a lot. It's not just a little bit. Like, I mean, we have these little anointing oil things that we're going to use today, but they made a lot. And 
what it's, what it's supposed to be communicating to us is that there's no limit available to us of the Spirit of God in our lives. Right? He is, he is always more than available to us. There's not a limited amount. Okay? It was very expensive to make the anointing oil. There's a lot of really um, expensive products that went together. And what that's supposed to mean for you and I is that we're to handle with great care and consider valuable the presence of the Spirit of God in our life and His anointing on our lives. We handle it carefully and we value it. And then the third thing is that it carried just this beautiful but very powerful aroma. And what God's trying to communicate here if you've ever met somebody that, that wears too much perfume or cologne, right, you, you smell them before they get to you, right? <laughs> you certainly know when they're, when they're there, and after they leave, the, the aroma lingers, right? It's supposed to be the same when we're anointed. The presence goes before us, it's there with us, and it lingers after. See, there's no mistake. There's no mistaking when someone is anointed or not, because it is so fragrant. And so, right, then you, when you switch into the, into the New Testament, the, the, um, the oil represents for us the Holy Spirit today. And we cannot substitute the anointing of God in our lives for our own efforts or works, for our own talents or systems or programs. You know, and that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to work or that God doesn't want us to use our talents or engage in, in systems or programs. The point of it is that the anointing of God working in and through us is to bring his supernatural solutions into our natural world. That's his goal for it. In John 7, 37 and 38, is Jesus speaking And he says, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. See, the Holy Spirit is in us, and he he wants to come on us. And it isn't something that we're meant to hoard, just like like you shouldn't try to control, right? Or it's very difficult to control a river or, uh, you know, living water. It's not meant to be hoarded. It's not tried. We're not meant to try and keep it for our own benefit, Right When the Spirit comes on us, it, he, comes, he lives in us for us, and he comes on us for other people to work in us and through us. That's why I'm asking you the two questions. What do you want God to do in you, and what do you want God to do through you? And so this, it, this idea is right, we're not meant to keep it and hoard it for ourselves. It's meant to flow in us and through us. It's the intersection where heaven and earth meet in a believer and it causes supernatural transformation in life. And just like any water, right, if we don't allow it to flow, it will, it will stagnate. This, um, through this winter, um, I had, we'd been doing some work out in the yard pre-winter, and I, I took a bucket, a five-gallon Home Depot bucket, and I set it by the shed, forgot about it. Of course, with all the rain and stuff, it filled up, right? Filled up with, with water, and then it froze in the really cold weather. Remember that? It was terrible, right? It was like 
the worst two weeks ever. Uh, it froze. Then as it began to thaw and melt a little bit, um, I happened to be in the backyard, and I noticed it, and I thought, oh, I didn't want the, I'm thinking I don't want the ice to break the bucket, so I tipped it over, and the worst smell came out of that bucket because that water had stagnated and sat there. It smelled like death and rotten eggs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody said, ooh, yeah, that's right, it was awful. Okay, it works the same in us, Right? We have to allow that the Spirit of God, this river of life, to flow in and through us so that we don't stagnate in our faith and in in seeing God's plans and purposes accomplished here on earth. And so we get to choose that. And so my encouragement to you, right, is is that today when you come forward and, and we pray for you is that you trust God is going to anoint you um, that he's going to come onto your life to accomplish the thing that you think he wants to do in you and through you. But then let me encourage you to keep in mind how you can allow the Holy Spirit to flow through your life today, tomorrow, next week, throughout the year, and um, that we could see his plans and purposes accomplished here.